Welcome to Season 2 of In Search of Peace and Healing. I'm your host, Celia Boone. For much of my life, I wasn't good at handling it when things didn't go the way I wanted or expected them to go. Particularly when adversity came calling at my door, not only did I not handle it well, my typical reaction was to fall apart. I would complain, moan, cry, look for who or what I could blame, and have a giant pity party for myself. That pity party could last for hours, days, weeks, months, and in a couple of cases, the self-pity lasted for years. When I say years, I'm not talking one or two here either. I mean years. They don't like me because I'm fat was a chorus my itty-bitty shitty committee in my head saying to me over and over again when someone didn't like me or treated me in a way that I didn't like. And that would slide me over to my resentment cauldron where I would stir and stir and stir until it stank. And then I'd stir again till it stank even more. From there, I'd step into blaming my mom for my problems with food and weight. Even though since, oh, early childhood, I was the one who put every single bite of food into my mouth. Who am I kidding? I blamed her for all my problems. If I would have had a better mother, if my mother would have loved me, if she hadn't been so cruel, you know, if only, if only, if only. So there's a passage in a book that I've read um, several years ago, and um, I like to refer to it and... um, has really tremendous good stuff in it. Um, the name of the book is called Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and the passage um, is talking about the God of one's understanding, and it goes like this. Just to the extent that we do as we think He, God, would have us and humbly rely on Him, Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? Ever since the first time I read that passage, it's really stuck with me. You see, I was really sick and tired of my life. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of the consequences of addiction. I was tired of being massively obese. I was tired of always wanting things I didn't have and being perpetually unsatisfied. And I couldn't even imagine having some kind of calamity hit me and having poise and grace or be able to match it with serenity. Hell, I didn't even know what serenity was. I didn't know what it felt like. Because very frankly, I really hadn't had it. I had already lived through what I thought to be a number of calamities. But looking back, I think they were really just adverse circumstances. 
I discovered that my first husband had not only not mastered the arts of honesty and monogamy, but that he was repeatedly lying to me and cheating for that and other reasons too our marriage sustained irreparable damage I thought that was a calamity I had lost a job that I despised but it did pay fairly well so I didn't mind at all that I didn't have to go back to that horrible place But what I really resented was when they stopped sending me paychecks and giving me benefits. I got to a point in life when the only thing I wanted to do was die. And I would pray, okay, God, just let me die. Just let me die. And I would pray that many times a day. I would think it even more. And I was at that point, actually, when I discovered my former husband's serial cheating. And so that not only felt like a calamity, it looked like a calamity, talked like a calamity, and tasted like calamity. Um, and so, even more so, I gave in to my depression And I was staying in bed already 24-7, eating and drinking massive quantities of whatever I wanted, and continuing to beg God to let me die. After about two years of, of begging God to let me die, I finally had a moment of clarity when I realized, you know, this isn't working. I'm not dying. I'm not dead. In the middle of the night, I would come to, after having had tremendous amounts of alcohol to drink, and my heart would be beating over 200 beats a minute. Um, in medical terms, that's called tachycardia. And um, so I would lie there. My heart beating over 200 beats a minute. Every single time it beat, my head felt like it was going to explode. With It was just so painful. But I would say, okay, so I'm going to have a heart attack now. I'm going to die now. But after about 45 minutes or so of that, um, I would, I guess, go to sleep and um, the next I don't know, a few hours later, I would come wake up, come from unconsciousness again, and I would be cursing like, damn, why didn't I die during the night? I didn't understand it. I weighed over 500 pounds, and I, my heart's beating like crazy for 45 minutes every single night. Massive tachycardia, and yet I wasn't dying. Looking back, you know, it's really interesting because I can absolutely see that God was interrupting my death every one of those nights. But I realized that, okay, I can't die. 
I wanted to stop the world so I could get off. And that just wasn't happening. So I could either continue to do what I was doing, which was not working, or the other option was that I could get up and go for help. So that's what I did. And since that time that I got up and went for help, I kept going for help. And I went for help in a number of different places. Um, I went the 12-step route. I went to my physician and actually ended up with one or two more physicians going to. I went to a dietitian. I went to an exercise physiologist. I went to therapy. Um, I got a spiritual advisor, a spiritual mentor. Um, I didn't know how to live. And I sure as heck didn't know how to live without participating in addictions. Because I started with living in addiction when I was at age seven. And so here I was now at age 44. I didn't have a clue how to live life without that including addiction. Since that time, I have been consistent and persistent in continuing to do the things that worked. And I have a plan for living that works in rough going and in good going. It's a plan that includes consistent and persistent spiritual growth. And it's also a program of action. It's not based on what I think or how I'm feeling. I've been taught how to behave my way into right thinking. And my life now has a purpose to be of maximum service to God and to the people around me. And so with that, I'm now getting the signal from Ken that it's time to take a break. So we'll be back in just a minute and I'll tell you the rest of the story. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom. We'll return to this episode in just a moment. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you. And we're back. So now for the rest of the story. You see, I had to learn to stop treating God like a giant Santa in the sky. I've been on a spiritual quest now for several years, 15 years. And the God of my 
experience is a dear and trusted friend. Um, this chick was one who never believed in miracles. I mean, the first 44 years of my life, um, I didn't believe that they happened at all anymore. Maybe they happened centuries ago, thousands of miles away around the other parts of the earth, but not now and certainly never for me. But the funny thing is, is that I have new awareness and now I'm aware of miracles and they happen all the time. I love that my intuition is now a working part of me. I don't have to worry about is somebody lying to me. That's their stuff, not mine. And a lot of times my intuition will let me know. It's just like, you know, when when I hear something that somebody says, it just doesn't kind of sit right. It's like, oh, okay, that may not be the truth. Um, today I love myself. I couldn't even imagine that. Because for so long in my life, not only did I not love myself, I hated myself. I was filled with self-loathing, and my self-talk was horrible. You know, if I said something and maybe didn't get what I thought was a good response or reaction from somebody, or if I told a joke and nobody laughed, I would just beat myself senseless on the inside. Like, oh, why did you say that? That was so stupid. Oh, you're so dumb. Oh, man. You know, da 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 And I would just really go to town on myself. Not today. Today, I love Celia. You know, I'm a good friend. I'm loving, kind, patient, and loyal. I'm married to my soulmate, and we're best friends. And you know what? I'm kind to him. And I'm supportive. And I really work to be, and it doesn't take all that hard work, really, but, you know, one of my jobs as a wife is to be a safe place for him to land. And he does the same thing for me. And after 10 years together, almost 10, we still cherish each other and we love being together. You know, that was so alien to me. I always wanted that, but I never dreamed that it would happen and certainly not to me. And you know, that's, that's how it is for me today. I just love that. I'm not perfect. I am imperfect. I'm perfectly human, perfectly imperfect. And I no longer expect and demand perfection for myself. What I do is I just try to make some progress. Today, if I had a rough time yesterday, if I told, you know, 15 lies, I'm going to try not to, ta- not to fib today. And if I have to not be brutally honest out of kindness, I don't want to tell any more than 15, 14 fibs or something, you know? I mean, I just, I try to make progress. 
And generally, I, I am able to make progress. I give away love and kindness, and ironically, I get way more in return. You know, in a few days, I'm going to uh, go through a rough time. I'm going to pay somebody a lot of perfectly good money to yank out my hip and insert a bionic one. I'm going to have to learn how to walk with bionic parts. And I've already been told by the surgeon I am not supposed to fall down. So I won't. You see, I've adopted and personalized my own version of a Bible verse, Jude one twenty four, and I say it like a mantra. And now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. And I count on that. You see, the same God who has taken care of me for so many years, when I alternated between not believing in him and hating him, when I, when my conception of God, misconception of God, was that he was angry, vengeful, unappeasable, hateful, scornful, um, you know, that was, that was false. Those were false beliefs. That isn't anything close to the God of my experience. So the same God who took care of me for so many years, that's the same God who now gives me power, strength, love, grace, and wisdom. And when I ask him for it, I ask if others will be helped. And that's the key. I don't ask for things for myself, just for myself. I, I ask for things for myself only if others will be helped. And the God of my experience has done the same thing for me that the telephone booth did for the Superman in the 60s. He puts supernatural power at my disposal. Every morning when I wake up and I'm not in the clutches of an addiction, it is a miracle. You see, how I used to live in addiction, that's my natural state. Today I am able, through the love and grace of Almighty God, to live differently. To live on a supernatural basis. And when I go through this process of having my poor, overly used, destroyed hip replaced with a new one, my God is going to help me to match whatever adversity comes with that surgery with acceptance and serenity. I know he will if others will be helped. Thank you so much for listening and for being with me today. And I'll be back. And in a couple weeks, I guess, you'll hear me again with our next episode. I'd like to thank my husband and producer and all-around great guy, Ken, for all the things that he's doing to help me with this podcast and to make it possible. And as you walk through the day today, my listeners and friends, just remember you can choose to walk with the God of your understanding 
and you too can pray and ask for things that you need if others will be helped. Try it and see if it works for you like it works for me. Thank you so much. I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group, providers of music and media production as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you.